Welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast, produced by Caleb Micah Ministries. We hope God uses this resource to help you pursue freedom found only in Jesus. Well, hey, uh, welcome back to uh, this particular edition of the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast. Uh, My name is Josh Proctor, and look forward to walking you through... uh, today's podcast journey. So if you were with us um, the, the previous time we did this, we looked at what does it look like um, to not live uh, with pornography and the chains of that controlling us, but this idea of that we are free from porn and that we are free from shame in Jesus. And as we go on that journey to walk in freedom from pornography and freedom from shame and freedom from other aspects of sexual sin, that what we need are folks on the journey with us. Um, and so if you want to look at the, um, listen to or watch the previous podcast, you could hear what the role of the mentor is and the role of the sponsor is and just being able to learn how to walk in freedom from sexual addiction. We also talked about the importance of confession, what it means to confess to God, what it means to confess to others. And, you know, if, if you've done that on this journey, one of the greatest things that I can say to you is if you've confessed it to someone in your life that this could cause pain, a child, a spouse, you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a fiance, whatever, is you wanna be able to give them space. Really, really, really important on this journey as you're healing and learning how to walk in freedom from pornography, other aspects of sexual sin, walk in freedom from shame and doing so in Jesus. You want them to also have the freedom to heal and let Jesus heal their heart. And one of the best ways to do that is to give them space. Another great way for them to heal is for you to say, man, I just want to pursue freedom. And you say, Josh, how do you do that? Well, like we looked at last time, having that personal relationship with Jesus, super important. You know, coming to that place where you admit that you cannot do life on your own and that you realize that apart from God, we spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell and that we need that relationship with Jesus Christ who hung on a cross, who was buried, who then resurrected after he died. And he was the perfect sacrifice for all the things that we've done wrong. And so he and he alone is the one who can help us to empower us to walk in and pursue freedom from things like pornography, sexual sin, all kinds of other idolatry, and then ultimately freedom from shame. One of the best ways to really walk in the freedom that Jesus has is to not make provision for yourself to then give in to that sin. So you say, Josh, what does that look like? Well, Romans chapter 13, verse 14 in the Bible. So we remember we talked about the Bible a lot, Old Testament, New Testament. Romans is in the New Testament of your Bible. And Paul wrote this, and what he, wrote, excuse me, what he writes in chapter 13, verse 14, is that we're to make no provision for our flesh, but instead we're supposed to put on Christ. And so this idea of flesh, what's that talking about? It means that we all struggle. We all stumble. Some of us struggle with the issue of pride. Some of us struggle with the issue of greed. Some of us struggle with the issue of lust. And maybe that's you, and that's how you found um, this particular podcast And the best thing to do is to just not have the opportunity to give in. Well, we live in a culture where sexual perversion surrounds us. 
I mean, if you drive down the highway, it's all over billboards. If you, um, you know, get on your laptop or get on your iPad or get on your smart TV or get on your phone, you, know, you get on social media, like sexual innuendo, sexual whatever is everywhere. So if you wrestle with lust, like how do you not make provision for that? Well, in my life, that looks like a lot of boundaries. For example, like I, I don't have a laptop. The, the phone that I have, the internet is disabled. Um, lot, and and there's, there's other things that I do, but I don't wanna share too much of what mine are because then you could adopt them and they become rules. Jesus really has to lead you to what those boundaries look like for yourself. But let me just give you one that I think is universal and then you ask the Lord how to apply that to your life. It's called a media fast. Every guy that I help walk through this journey has to choose to abstain from media for a, for a season, for a period of time. Some guys like to do seven days. Some guys like to do 10 days. Some guys like to say, I'm gonna do no media one day a week. Some guys, if they accept the challenge that I give them, do not engage in media for a full 30 days. Now you say, how do you do life and do that? I'm not saying don't answer your phone or don't text you need to text or reply to emails. I'm not saying don't do your job or, or don't do school. What I'm saying is whatever media that is needed to connect with family, to connect with God's people, to connect you know, with friends, to do your job, to do school, yeah, do that. But the rest of it, avoid. Like no movies, no social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what's gonna happen is you're going to eliminate those opportunities. Now you say, Josh, what are you talking about? Everything in our culture is sexual. But sex, which we'll look at throughout, over time in this podcast, is a sacred act. It's a holy act before a holy God. But because everything is sexual, sex has become very casual in our culture. And if sex is casual, then sex is not sacred. And if sex is not sacred, it's not holy. And you say, what is this casual you're talking about? Well, well the area in which I live, there's a billboard. And I won't name the, the company because I don't want to get sued. But one of the things they talk about um, on their billboards is how sexy teeth are. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't go, you know, look at my smile in the mirror and go, man, my teeth are so sexy. Like, you know, like when you were, you know, growing up in school, if you're sitting, you know, in the bleachers and, and somebody walked by that you thought was good looking, I'm pretty sure you're not elbowing that, you know, that guy or girl next to you. And you think that person who just walked by is really good looking, you know, really hot, whatever. I bet you were like, woo, hoo, hoo, hoo. man, I love their teeth. Because guys, sex aren't, teeth aren't sexy. But we say everything is sexy. And here's the deal. And sex is everywhere in our culture and the sacredness and the holiness of it has been removed. So when you choose to fast and abstain from media, okay? And you do that for a season, it really helps you not make provision to give in to that lust that you really want to give into. So I highly encourage you, challenge you to go to Jesus and say, what would it look like for me not to do media once a week? What would it look like for me not to do media for seven to 10 days? What would it look like for me not to do media for a month? And then after that, whatever that is, Jesus, do I need to reevaluate what media looks like in my life? I've had guys do this, they delete Instagram. I've had guys do that, they get rid of their smart TV. The idea is to let Jesus lead you so that you can put him on, to put on Christ. And we're not making provision to give in to the lust of our flesh. The other aspect of this that I wanna get into is this idea of what's called a sexual sin inventory. Like, what is that, Josh? 
Guys, this assignment stinks. It's awful. But it also helps produce freedom. And it's the idea that you go back and look at every time in your life that you've ever lusted, that you looked at porn, that you masturbated, that you engaged in in other whatever sexual acts outside of God's marriage plan, you know, man, woman, husband, wife for life. And you write every single one of those down. You're like, you're like, Josh, I can't do that. Like, you know how long that would take? And the answer is I, I do know for myself, for me, it took about four hours and it was terrible. And what I want to walk you through in scripture is how to do that. So in Isaiah chapter six, verse one, it says this, in the year that King Uzziah died, And Isaiah starts off telling us he's going to get this vision from God. Again, Isaiah, book in the Old Testament, Isaiah, prophet, declaring truth to God's people. And what he says is this guy, Uzziah, who was king over God's people, he died. So if you go look in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 in the Old Testament, you find out how King Uzziah died. And what happened is he became very filled with pride. And he thought he could do what God did not give him responsibility to do. And he said, I can do it anyway, because it's all about me. I'm the man. And the moment he did that, God struck him with leprosy. And you'd think, oh, yeah, yeah. So obviously then Uzziah repented because God made him sick. No, Uzziah did not repent. In fact, he spent the rest of his days in quarantine because no one could be around him because he had leprosy and he died. That's crazy intense. Think about your own life. What consequences do you have because of this perversion that is eating you up called pornography, that's destroying you called shame, and yet we keep running back to it and we don't repent? What all must we experience? What does the bottom look like for us? What does the bottom of the pit look like before we cry out to God and say, Jesus, help me? It's in this type of setting that Isaiah gets a vision. He's like, the the one who led us is now dead because he never repented. Man, God's gonna give a vision, I gotta pay attention. And he talks about that he saw God sitting on a throne, lofty, exalted, the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him. Seraphim are just angelic beings, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called out and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So the angelic beings are singing this to God together as he's levitating on this throne. For a minute, do this with me. Could you just pretend that this is a Marvel movie? That here's this, you know, figure, this being, God on a throne and it's levitating in a room, and these angelic beings surround him, and they're praising him, worshiping him, singing to him, and look what happens. It says, and the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him, and the temple was filled with smoke. Can you imagine a building that you're in with someone on a throne levitating, and then the, it, it starts shaking around the thresholds, and then what you see is smoke filling everywhere, guys, I would be so intimidated. And what Isaiah is seeing here is a picture of the glory and the holiness of God, a sacred God who created sex to be performed in a sacred manner, husband, wife, man, woman, marriage for life. And his response in verse five is this, woe is me for I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king. 
Guys, one of the reasons we ask folks that we help in our ministry, we at Porn Free, Shame Free, what we're about is this. They write down every time they've ever lusted. They write down all those points of perversion, all that pornography, all that shame, all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it takes a long time. And you say, I don't know if I can remember all those. Write down as many as you can. And you'd be shocked how much you remember. And when you're done, I want you to go to the Old Testament. Find the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Go to chapter six and read those first five verses. And here's what I hope happens. I hope you are overwhelmed with the holiness of God. I remember when I did this personally. It was, it just felt like this, this weight was on me. That I could look on those pieces of paper that I had written all this stuff on. This sin, this perversion, this pornography, this shame, this lust, just everywhere on these pieces of paper. And all I'm focused on is how glorious God is and how holy he is and how sacred he is. Guys, I actually wanted to crawl into a hole and, and, and not come out. It's awful. And you say, Josh, if it was awful, why are you encouraging us to do this? Because you're never gonna understand God's forgiveness if you don't understand his holiness. In verse six, it says that one of the angelic beings flew to Isaiah with a burning coal in his hand and he touched my mouth with it, Isaiah said. And when that happened, the angelic being said, this is touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, your sin's forgiven. The very thing that Isaiah said was unclean is the very thing that God touched and cleansed. And he experienced forgiveness from a holy God. As we talked about last week in confession to God, if you've never done that and never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, this is that opportunity to say, I cannot do this on my own. And what you recognize is, all this stuff we've done that's awful and, and makes us to fall short. And we're like, this is God's glory. This is God's holiness. This is my sin. I'm way down here somewhere. I'm a mess. And the father's like, that's why I sent Jesus. So he could live a perfect life and die a perfect death. And rise from the dead and take your place and take my place. What we have guys do is, first of all, they gotta make sure that they've surrendered their life to Jesus, that they've received that free gift of Jesus on the cross, the empty tomb, the resurrected body, ascended back in heaven, wanting God's spirit to take control of their life. So they've received that free gift and surrendered control of their life to Jesus. And as they write all these things down, then we have them confess each one. We talked about confession last week. Now see, the difference here, I don't feel like what all that's on that list needs to be confessed to others. I think the confession that you made the last time you watched this or listened to this in that, in, in that podcast episode is this. You said, hey, this is my struggle. I, I, I need help. I don't know if everything on that list needs to be shared with others. If you feel from the Lord that you're to share that with others, then you go for it. But sometimes I, I wonder if stuff's supposed to say between us and the Lord in terms of the specificness. Not the general confession, but how specific we get. And so what I have guys do is they look at that list that they've written down and they go back and they reread every single thing and then they confess that to the Lord. And say, Jesus, I'm agreeing with you 
I was wrong. If I'm in Christ, I'm already forgiven. I'm not doing this to get more forgiveness. I'm just trying to say, I agree with you, Jesus. This was wrong. Would you cleanse me one more time with that blood at the cross? Would you remind me I'm forgiven? Guys, I believe that Romans chapter two, New Testament of the Bible, Romans chapter two, verse four, teaches that kindness of God leads us to repent. But what I believe is we don't ever understand God's kindness, God's forgiveness, if we don't understand his forgiveness. We've got to understand his forgiveness. Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah gets to experience seeing God in his glory and holiness, not dying, but then experiencing forgiveness and cleansing. That's what the sexual sin inventory assignment could do for you. You write it all down. You compare it to God's holiness and glory. Then you look at Isaiah chapter six, verses six and seven, and then you confess each thing to God and say, God, cleanse me, remind me I'm forgiven. But I'm only forgiven if I've already committed my life to you. And then you say, Josh, what do I do with it after that? You ready? Destroy it. Throw those papers away. Burn those papers. If you did it on the computer, delete it. However God leads you to symbolically destroy it. Why? Because as a follower of Jesus, pornography does not define me. I'm free from that. Shame does not define me. I'm free from that. Jesus Christ, his cross, his empty tomb, his ascension into heaven, and him putting his spirit to live inside of me, that's what defines me. And if you're going to walk on this road to freedom, you've got to understand that my sin, my pornography, my shame, my lust, my whatever, that does not define me. Jesus and his kindness and his grace and his forgiveness does. And when it does, then I can start to live more holy, more sacred, and be overwhelmed with his grace. As you're reading this, I mean, as you're listening to this, excuse me, I know this is intense. So as you're receiving what I talked about with the media fast, what I talked about with a sexual sin inventory, I just wanna close out the podcast today praying over you that God would give you resolve to walk into this and that as you're doing it, it's not shame that would beat you down, but that you'd see his holiness and that you'd experience his forgiveness. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, whoever's watching this, would your spirit right now just begin penetrating their heart and would they say, I want freedom. I don't want porn to define me. I don't want shame to define me. I don't want lust to define me. Jesus, I want you to define me. Give them the resolve to say, what do I do with the media fast? What does that look like in my life? Give them the resolve to do this sexual sin inventory assignment and say, what, what does that look like in my life? God, give them courage, give them resolve. Help them to see what Isaiah saw in chapter six. God, would your kindness lead us to you? We say all this in your name, amen. As I said, I know this is intense. In this, like, as you rest in just the ugh of this and how hard it is. God, as I guys, as I close this out, would you focus on God's forgiveness, his grace, his kindness? Would that lead you to do these hard assignments?
would you pursue the freedom that is available in Jesus?